This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network, the least topical podcast on the internet. Today's topic was Home Alone. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Welcome back. It is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafiori. I am Adam Lustig. It is episode 247, and it is the holiday season. Ring-a-ding-ding. Sleigh bells ringing. <laughs> Ring-a-ding-ding. <laughs> that, was a, that was a jingle bell, I assume? That, I think that was one jingle bell twisting in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> Ring-a-ding-ding. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, holiday season. We are approximately 15 days away from the day of recording um, to Christmas. Tonight yeah. is yes. the first day of Hanukkah. That's right. That is tonight. Tonight is night one. Thank you for knowing that, Phil. Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> I know all I know about Hanukkah based on the Hanukkah episode that we yes. recorded uh, either last Hanukkah or the Hanukkah prior. Might have been two Hanukkahs prior, two Hanukkahs hence. Yeah. And though I learned a lot, genuinely learned a lot. And if you are interested in the story of Hanukkah, let Adam teach it to you by finding the Hanukkah <laughs> no joke episode. But there was one thing I remember that neither yeah. one of us could, um, could place and really yes. you couldn't explain. And yes. it was how... Was it the Maccabees? Is that Maccabees, our team? Maccabees, yes. Yes, that's our team, yeah. How the Maccabees actually, technically, won the war. Yeah. Was it, like, what, what, their, like, what their combat methods were? Like, how did it actually go down? Right. Because, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but they were outnumbered by who? Uh, I want to say the, it was, was it the Greeks? Mm, maybe that was, the, mm-hmm. maybe the Greeks? <laughs> okay, sure. So the nation of Greece was going up against the Maccabees, and the Maccabees like miraculously won won the war and then yeah. i remember asking you how and you're like hmm, hmm. we kind of <laughs> just turned the chapter we just kind of like skipped that chapter we just like it, acknowledge that they won it is funny that like in the bible they never really do kind of deep dive into the details like that there's a mm-hmm. lot that's just kind of glossed over it's mm-hmm. just like like mm-hmm. they just sort of we don't need to know exactly how many how many sort of uh, fatalities there were in this battle we just need to know that the maccabees were outnumbered and oh cut to they won <laughs> right like i would yeah. even like i'm not even like looking for deep details i would settle for a big net they just there had a, a big, big net, net. And they scooped up all those bad Greeks. I don't. <laughs> they threw them in the sea. Yeah. Right. Um, well, happy holidays, everybody. Yes. Um, today we are going to talk about a Christmas movie that um, I often forget is even associated with Christmas because there's so much hijinks going on. Yes, uh, we're going to be talking about the movie Home Alone, an, mm-hmm. a seminal Christmas movie from our youth. I'm going to say like 1990, 1991, maybe like peak our childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like to this day is one of the funniest, finest pieces of cinema <laughs> that, that or at least maybe that's just pure nostalgia talking. But Home Alone holds such a firm place in my heart. Uh, it just is such a great movie. <laughs> right. It's the story of Kevin played by Macaulay Culkin, who gets left at home and his family well, goes to a few different vacations. It happens a couple times over. The McAllisters yeah, you, keep forgetting Kevin. Yes, exactly. Um, do you think that the, before we even get into the movie and talking about it, do you think that Home Alone uh, could be made today? Or do you think that people would uh, 
you know, cancel it before it even came out because it's about someone being a kid being left to his own devices and his parents being neglectful. I I I think you could pull it off. I don't see too much sort of like with t- wearing twenty twenty go- twenty twenty sort of goggles. Right. Uh, right. Nothing nothing seems too problematic to me about Home Alone. It's done with such an aggressively light touch mm-hmm. and does border on farce mm-hmm. uh, that that to me it's sort of a I don't know a kind of does stand the test of time. There's nothing too edgy it is not edgy whatsoever but i get what you're saying it's like is it a little like ooh, you can't like that that's just like those are actually just bad parents but the thing to me about home alone was that there was like like part of the magic of home alone was that it turned being left being forgotten by your family into like a almost like a like it was like a fantasy? Yeah, like it like was, it was like, a good thing. Almost. Yeah, exactly. Like if yeah. your parents leave you, suddenly you get to eat pizza and shave. Yeah. But that's yeah. not what it is. <laughs> and shave. But that's yeah. not what it is. It's, it's like if your parents removed. leave you, yeah. you can put Michael Jordan on a train and fool the robbers <laughs> that will inevitably come. Again, that's not what it is. No, but I am happy to is. hear, Adam, that uh, in 2020, we haven't lost sight of whimsy. We can still, yeah. we can still be a little whimsical. I think so. I think so. I don't think there's anything that rings like rings weird to me about Home Alone. And I say this, uh, genuinely not knowing, for I, I wouldn't be surprised if because Home Alone, the original, is obviously the classic that we're all familiar with. Home Alone Two, which takes place at the Plaza Hotel, Lost in New York, mm-hmm. starring Tim Curry as the iconic uh, concierge. Mm-hmm. That is another wonderful story, starring Macaulay Culkin. Fabulous movie. And then I think that they did make a third one, and that's when we started getting into like direct to DVD territory yeah. so i wouldn't even be surprised if like we're on like home alone six or seven right now and right. you and i don't even know it yeah. right i mean you come to find when you see the home alone three cover you're like yeah. wait a minute that's not macaulay <laughs> right exactly. out the gate that's not macaulay and like that's exactly right what i learned is that we didn't just want to see children left no. home alone we wanted to see macaulay culkin <laughs> left home alone yeah exactly we didn't even yeah. want to see jonathan taylor thomas left home alone we, it had yeah. to be Macaulay. He's the one who had to be left to his own devices if it was going to make it to the theaters. It's hard to transfer a franchise. It's just like, as you have talked about on this podcast at great length and uh, you know with great insight, it's hard to pull an Aunt Viv switch and for it just to sort of be, be seamless. Yes. Like, that's just a hard thing to do. Yes. When your audience is used to a particular face yes. and a particular vibe. You and a particular really... Viv. And a particular, and a particular Viv. Viv. <laughs> 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 it's hard to just swap her right out. So it's hard to just replace McCully with just like – and introducing little Jeffy – Jeffy Switchback. That's and right. It's like, well, I don't know this guy. I don't know this Great kid. stage name, by the way. Jeffy Switchback. <laughs> Excellent stage name. <laughs> if it's yeah. not taken, young actors, I suggest yeah. you maybe copyright Jeffy Switchback right here, right now. And not to <laughs> switch back to what you were just talking about, but did you, see, did you see, Adam, that uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air had a reunion episode where the cast all got back together and chatted about their experiences? Did you, did you I, know that that existed? I, I did know. I was aware that it existed. I did not see it myself. Okay. And I feel like one of the sort of internet 
t- takeaways was didn't they bring back original Aunt Viv? Wasn't yes, that like sir. part? Oh, yes, tell sir. me about it, baby. Well, I didn't watch it either, but Adam, it was like the whole like it was like the thrust <laughs> of the whole promotional package. They were yes. like, we know that you want to see Tatiana Ali talk to Will Smith and Carlton. Yeah. We know. Yes, yes. But they were like, but there's a special surprise. <laughs> and like Jeffrey the butler's talking to someone else. And then all of a sudden, Aunt Viv 1.0 walks through the doors. <laughs> and it's like the whole cast starts crying. Like fear. Like fear crying. Like what? Oh, this is happening? And Will is like... It just couldn't be done without the first Aunt Viv. And it was just like, finally, the first Aunt Viv is getting the respect that she deserves. So. It, it must have been very cathartic for that actress whose name I, I'm sad to say I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, but she was pissed. She I was pissed, man. She was just pissed. to be swapped out. And, yeah. she's, and she had a very fair point, one that I can't necessarily relate to. But she was like, as a black woman fighting for roles in Hollywood. When you lose a role and you're just swapped out, you are so far behind the eight ball now of people being like, she's hireable because somehow someone has already said like, she's not good enough. And that's a good point. And that's devastating. So kudos to Aviv 1.0 for walking up on that set. I mean, she could have torched that thing. I would have just torched it with gasoline and a match and been like, remember (laughs) me, bitches? (laughs) Aunt Viv's revenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not so, talking about Aunt Viv, Adam. We are talking about Home Alone. So throughout yes. the course of today, this episode of No Joke, we are going to be talking about maybe some of our favorite characters, hijinks, yeah. and all that that yes. goes into Home Alone. But I would be yes. remiss, Adam. I yes, would be Billy. remiss if I didn't first talk about the big question, or at least the conversation that we had last episode that yes. um, garnered more conversation on yes. the Discord app. Adam, we talked about cakes last episode. Yes. We yes. talked about cakes, and we both said, which cake, if we could like put it in first position, would both yes. of us go with? And what cake yes. did we say? Do you remember? Cheesecake. Cheesecake. And yeah. Adam, I'm shocked. I'm shocked to tell you that oh my the God. Discord community didn't just say that that's not a good choice. Many oh agreed gosh. that that's not even a cake. How dare thy? Thy well, said, uh, thy I said <laughs> that it's not even a cake. They said it was well, closer to a pie. Oh, okay, interesting. Yes. I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm curious about that. I would. I'd be curious to sort of know exactly how we're differentiating cake v pie in that context. If a cheesecake is being interpreted as closer to a pie, that that that. Is definitely. I need to kind of like take a breath and kind of recalibrate my entire life. I'll read. I will read to you what the listener said, yeah. just so that you can get in their headspace. Thank you. I'm sorry, but I can't stay silent on an important issue mentioned in today's episode. Oh, a cheesecake is a pie, not a cake. I said what, what I said. What? Susie the engineer followed up. Absolutely, you can't have a cake with a crust. You oh. can't have a cake with a crust. Someone. I got it. Someone followed up. I would argue it's a custard that can optionally have a crust. Okay. Moving yeah, further right. and further away from the cake conversation, however. Custard, Jesus. And right. then yeah. someone rolled in with the haymaker. They said, it's a dessert pizza. Wow. It's a, a dessert, dessert pizza. pizza. The thing yeah, okay. is, I want to object, but everyone makes very fair points. This is coming from Susie yeah. the Engineer. It is cheese over a crust. Therefore, yeah. It's a dessert pizza. 
Yeah, okay. I mean, look, l- like you, Billy, I my first reaction was, of course, to get defensive, mm-hmm. obviously. Yes. Um, and I just want to sort of acknowledge that, and I just want to sort of name that, and just say I do feel defensive when cheesecake is, is called not a cake. However, to your point, those are all absolutely solid and great insights, and now I'm open. And like, yeah, it's che- the crust. Can a, Is a crust – does the – does the crust make a pie and does the crust sort of discount something from being a cake I think is a very worthwhile conversation and a really important one so I think thank it's unfair. you just for your community personally That's, I think yeah. it's unfair I am still firmly cheesecake is a cake it could be called it, could, it doesn't even have to have the word cake in the word cheesecake yeah. and I would still say it's a cake there are lady fingers in a tiramisu that make up the True. crust now is tiramisu True. not a cake this is a conversation that I don't necessarily want to be having with the discord community because I know that it's just <laughs> going to get into deeper and deeper waters but I'm just saying yeah. that me personally I'm still cheesecake is a cake Adam have you been swayed is cheesecake a pie is it a dessert pizza or is it a cake I'm just going to have to think about the crust element because that is something that I did not really consider um, because cakes, do cakes have crust? Yeah, maybe not. I mean, maybe the crust is the defining element um, in sort of the cake v. pie situation. A dessert pizza, to my ear uh, and mouth, sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I That sounds great. If someone wanted to make a sort of a, as we talked about last episode, cakes can look like all kinds of things now. Uh, so if there was like a, someone, some clever chef wanted to like make a actual like pepperoni pizza, but it was really like delicious, like strawberry filling, yummy, like vanilla cake, that'd be great. Uh, but dessert pizza, funny. Pie, yeah, I wonder. Custard with a crust, a crusted. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna need your I final mean, answer, Adam. I'm gonna need your final answer. Cheesecake, cake, pie, or pizza? God, this is really hard right now. I didn't expect this to be so difficult. I wouldn't. I, uh, I wouldn't to... think too hard about it. <laughs> You're I'm really gonna... <laughs> giving it the respect it doesn't deserve. I'm gonna dig my heels in. I'm gonna side with my man Billy on this, and I'm gonna say no. Cheesecake is a cake. Yeah, that's right. I stand by. I stand by my convictions. <laughs> fact. Yeah. Fact. Agreed. Um, we asked <laughs> yeah. two other things. We asked what songs, uh, what songs with horns made our listeners horny. They followed oh, right, up with a, a list of good songs. I would encourage everyone to go onto the No Joke Discord, which is under the uh, Headgum Discord, if you are uh, if you are tech savvy enough to see what songs people recommended, because there's a fun list of songs that are kind of brewing there. And cool. Adam, one other thing we talked about was the photorealistic cakes. Yeah, yes, and yes, yes. And while we yes, haven't yes. come to our answer yes. as to what how they do how it. they do it and what it's made yeah. of, someone had yeah. a very strong uh, suggestion or at least thought oh. on photorealistic food. They suggested or they mentioned that if we can print photos on cakes, shouldn't we yes. be also printing photos on boar's head deli meats? <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> why aren't we? Why not just put photos on all of our food on slices of cheese? I, it, it suddenly it was like, yeah. Why stop a cake? It's a great point. It's like it's it's the one sort of example in our culture that we opened Pandora's box and then we somehow closed it again. Right. Is that we didn't let our our sort of like decorative angels get the better of us. And that's a great point. And I guess that sort of relates to the original question of like, well, what is it? Because if it is some sort of like sugar substitute, get that off my turkey breast. However, mm. if it is some sort of flavor nutritionally neutral something, sure. yeah, yeah, adorn my roast beef. Exactly. Absolutely. Adorn my roast beef. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Definitely. if anybody works in a bakery and has access to the photorealistic printer, put, see, tell us, email us <laughs> at nojokepod at gmail.com and let us know if you could put a slice of cheese under that. We want to know <laughs> if you can make a photorealistic slice of American or cheddar. All right. So email yeah. us at nojokepod yeah. at gmail.com. We'll get back to that very important question when we hear back from you. Um, yes. Adam, we have an act break to get to. We have an ad to read. Great. When we come back, okay, we'll cool. get back to the point of this episode. And the point of this episode is Home Alone. Home Alone. Adam, I've been going on a lot of walks lately. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I'll listen to podcasts. Sometimes I'll listen to music. Um, but that doesn't mean that I am also not taking care of my personal health while going on walks. Tell me about I'm it. I'm talking about my cardiovascular health. Okay. Not talking about my feet. Adam. We're talking teeth. We're talking tooth health. Talking, talking tooth health, Adam. So Quip, as you know, we've talked about them a bunch. Um, they have a new floss pack. Okay. And it comes in a sweet little bubble, a sweet little pack, and it actually is pocket-sized. Cool. And it makes my life a lot easier. And I've been flossing while I'm walking. Wow. Um, yeah, if you can believe it. So I just want to shout out Quip real quick. Do you have anything you'd like to add to the Quip conversation? Well, I just want to reiterate what we all know and love about Quip, the electric toothbrush that you hear about all the time. But it, what I love is their sleek, reusable floss pick that you'll want to use. Uh, the durable handle, as you know, Bill, easy to guide, restrings with a click, comes with a compact mirror dispensing case for on the go, as Billy just mentioned. Uh, a single refill pod replaces 180 single-use plastic flossers, so it's better for your teeth and for planet Earth. So she'll thank you. Um, if you're not a pick person, Quip also has refillable floss string that expands, which is nice. And you can pair that floss with the perfect Quip electric toothbrush for adults and kids with the timed sonic vibrations you know and love. You can personalize your routine with nine premium brush colors, plus anti-cavity toothpaste for every taste in mint and watermelon. And now you can get amazing rewards just for brushing better every day. Quip smart electric toothbrush uh, connect to the free Quip app so you can earn amazing rewards like free products and discounts as you track and coach better oral health habits two minutes twice a day. Quip also delivers brush head, floss, and toothpaste refills every three months from $5. And shipping on that is free so you can save money and skip the store. So bring delight to your everyday brushing and join the over 5 million mouths brushing with Quip starting at $25. And this holiday season, check out Quip's exclusive deals. But note, the holiday sale ends December 25th, 2020, Christmas Day. And if you go to getquip.com slash no joke right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first wow. refill free at getquip.com slash no joke. Let me spell it out for you. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash no joke. Quip, better oral health, made simple. Welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. Today, Billy and I are talking about the 1990 seminal piece of cinematic art. Home Alone, mm. directed by, if you remember, uh, Bill, a man named Chris Columbus. Not that Chris Columbus. Mm. The, the director, Chris Columbus. Mm. His DP was Magellan. <laughs> Billy. Um, you know what I loved about Home Alone? Yeah. I feel like the exterior shot of the house, that like oh. big suburb, that big just like suburban Chicago house, that was yes. like such a time and place. That establishing yes. shot felt like... A lot of yes. movies had that establishing house. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It was, I mean, I think it goes back to like this fantasy element. The movie plays very much in like that, you know, John Hughes, 
like suburban America fantasy I- I- idyllic idyllic suburbia um at that and yeah that house was like i i remember thinking that house was like so nice yeah like that that establishing house of like that the establishing shot of that house i was like wow this is like a rich Mm -hmm. this is like a rich suburban house Mm -hmm. like this all the symmetrical windows like the perfectly symmetrical christmas decor like that opening scene where the whole family is in there they can fit like 20s of cousins Mm -hmm. i was like wow Mm -hmm. and just like Coming myself coming from a small family uh, that didn't really celebrate Christmas, it just seemed exotic mm-hmm. to some degree. Mm-hmm. And like I said, f- fantasy-like. And there's something like fun, or like when you peek behind the curtain, about the Chicago-ness of it all. And I think so mm. much of like that time and place with a lot of comedies that were being made there were kind of rooted in like vaguely Midwest, but ultimately Chicago. I think it had to do with the second city of it all. With the oh, interesting. how so many of the Kath- Catherine O'Hara was from there, John Candy was yeah. from there. Like so many comedians coming up came through Chicago. Chicago, that's time. true. And so I think that a lot of those like '90s comedies were made by Chicago people, and therefore they were written in Chicago, which is just a fun little tidbit. It is a fun little tidbit, and it like makes sense. Not that Michael Jordan, not that any child in the '90s would have a Michael Jordan cardboard cutout, but it made it even that much more authentic mm-hmm. that a Chicago child would have a Michael Jordan. Cardboard. Right. So let's dig into um, the movie. It, Want to dig into the movie a little bit? Let, I would love yeah. to. So do you have? So Kevin gets left behind. The whole family goes to Paris. Is it Paris the first year? I believe. I believe the first one is Paris. Okay. I think that's right. So yeah, Buzz, right. Buzz, uh, the mean uncle. Look what you did, you little jerk. Uh, yeah. Yep, everyone gets uh, just really flustered. They leave. Kevin wakes up. He's all by himself. Do you remember like what the first yeah. couple things he does is? Does he call the cops? No, he definitely does not call the cops. Hmm. I think there's that like seminal turn where he's like, I made my family disappear. Right. Beat. He maybe even looks into the camera. Wow. I think he maybe even looks into the camera and is like, with a sly little Macaulay Culkinish devilish mm-hmm. grin, is like, I made my family disappear. It's go time. And it's, it's go mm-hmm. time. So what does he do first? That's a great question. I think is it um, – He definitely goes to the supermarket. Say, he, he, yeah, he goes to the supermarket and buys all of his like candies and sodas and everything that he's not allowed to right. have for sure. Right. Um, dance party maybe or the shaving cream scene we all know with the aftershave. Yeah. I love that that was like his impulse. Yeah, he definitely starts to eating explore. snacks, watching movies that he's not allowed to watch. Um, gangster movies, old gangster right. movies. He's yeah. just kind of living that if my parents weren't home, what would I do fantasy for like 20 pages yes. of the script. But who yes. rolls up at him? Is it the wet bandits yes. or the sticky bandits? I think in the first one, I believe wet? it's wet. wet. They leave the faucets on. That's their calling card. A absolutely iconic um, villain duo of Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. Yes. Uh, absolute god-level god performances yes. by the both of right. them. Uh, as, as the short and squat and tall and thin, almost like, you know, what was it, Laurel and Hardy, just like to a T. There's like a very old, sort of old-timey clown duo vibe to uh, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern in these Home Alone movies, and they're just so good. Would you, can you associate Pesci with another comedy pre-Home Alone? Was that a big departure? Because he's coming off of the casinos of the world where he's just like, like a good fellow. Yeah, exactly. Where he's just like a short murderer. 
Yeah, exactly. But even in those – exactly, absolutely. Well, that's what's so funny about Joe Pesci is that like he is both at the same time. His, he has such an intense energy about him, this intense like right. Italian New York right. energy about him that it both is threatening and hilarious in equal measure at all times. Right. So it's like <laughs> – Do you think that – really- Do you think that Pesci and DeVito could be interchangeable? Do you think that DeVito has it in him to channel an inner Pesci? I don't mean to be rude here, but I I don't know if he does. Danny DeVito is so silly. So small. (laughs) He's smaller than people think. If you have a candle burning in your house right now, that's how tall Danny DeVito actually (laughs) is in real life. (laughs) He's that short. It's shocking. I've seen him once, and it was literally shocking. He's sub five feet. I think he's sub five feet. For sure. I also saw his wife today, Adam. I saw his wife an hour and a half ago. Rhea Perlman, are we familiar? Are you? Incredibly. What what do you mean you saw her today? Are you guys hanging out? No, I certainly wasn't hanging out. I haven't hung out with anybody in 10 months. But I was in my car, and I was with Marina. And I said, God damn it, there's another person with just their mask hanging around their ear. I was like, put it yeah. over your mouth, man. And then Marie the, said, yeah, oh, that's Rhea Perlman. <laughs> <laughs> Life in L.A., baby. Right. So you don't think that uh, DeVito has an inner Pesci? I don't know. Like, uh, to me, I, 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 I am no, like, great cinephile, but I'm just racking my brains and trying to think if I'm sure he has done, Danny DeVito has done, like, a, a slightly more dramatic, maybe even, like, a sinister role in his mm-hmm. career. I can't think of it. Nothing's coming to mm-hmm. mind. Um, we know that Pesci can do the full range of, like, gangster to, and, like, as evidenced by the iconic scene in Goodfellas where they're like, what am I, a clown? What do I mm-hmm. amuse you? Am I just here to amuse you? It's like he, like, he even in his performances was like aware of him to- of himself towing that line between funny and mm-hmm. threatening. It was like that was the whole point of Joe mm-hmm. Pesci almost. Where Devito to me is straight up silly. Bones. Right, he is just too right. <laughs> silly twins. I'm thinking of the movie Twins. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of, like I'm just like you are a death to Smoochie. I'm like you're a silly mm-hmm. man. You're a silly little sweet mm-hmm. man. So, but I don't know if I'd ever be. <laughs> The penguin. I mean, the penguin was about as close Pretty as he close. got. When Pretty he close. Was, but he was also yeah. a penguin. <laughs> I can't overlook exactly. the fact that he was a penguin when he was dramatic. So, all right. So I don't want to exactly. go too far down this Pesci DeVito rabbit hole. But we're saying that Pesci yeah. can go DeVito, but DeVito might not be able to go Pesci. With all due respect to the DeVito and the Pe- Pesci families, that's my okay. instinct. Yes. Joe Fish. Yeah. Pesci. Joe Fish. <laughs> Fish. Joey Joey Fish. Fish. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so back to the wet bandits. They get their ass handed to them over and over and over again by a 12-year-old, an 11-year-old. One of the ones that I thought was 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 sort of brilliant in its simplicity and, frankly, in its achievability. Because, like I'm saying, like we're you and I are watching this movie. We are also eight or nine years old, ten years old ish at the time. So, like you know, we are very much living through Kevin McAllister's experience. And some of the stuff was like, like I said, fantasy. I, as a ten year old, can't like string up a paint can onto my stairwell so that it'll swing down and hit Robert. I can't do that. Kevin can, of course. So, but like the thing that he did that I could do, and I think this. May have even been the first owie that the wet that the wet pandas experience. I believe that he took all of his like micro machines, 
Oh, and we should also say, side note, product placement in this movie is through the roof. It's just like the the Pizza Hut, Pepsi, Micro Machines, Gatorade of this movie. Like, I would be fascinated to rewatch it with an eye on, like, product placement. Anyway, so he takes all of his Micro Machines and he sets them underneath the window for when uh, Pesci and Daniel Stern break into the window, they will then step on all of the micro machines and hurt their poor little tootsies. And to me, that was like simple, made sense. It was something that I, Adam, could have achieved in real life with my own toy cars and starting lineups. So that felt like very in, like very achievable. I would argue, however, Adam, yeah. that one time where Kevin McAllister might have gone beyond the realm of child <laughs> violence yes. was when he took a blowtorch yeah. to the doorknob. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He employed he, a blowtorch a few different times, but the doorknob one felt pretty nasty. Yeah, because he and that, that actually might have been one of the first ones as well. That might mm-hmm. even been pre Micro Machines that mm-hmm. he torches the doorknob. They're searing their the palms of their poor hands. Where are uh, you learning that trick? Because that is like that's a serious slick trick. Like I get the Micro Machines under the window. That's like as much as a 10-year-old's brain can really think of. Yeah. But, like, the torching one side of a doorknob, it's like, this is getting perverse. For you to be a 10-year-old and, frankly, to know your way around a blowtorch at all yes. just implies that either you have uh, incredibly sort of, um, not, I would don't even want to say reckless parents, but parents mm-hmm. who would be willing to sort of, like, acclimate their 10-year-old child with the technology of a blowtorch, um, mm-hmm. either some really sort of daring older cousins, which is possible, or... Or that you're a, and this is pre-internet, so you're a, like a weird self-starter autodidact who like reads about blowtorches in your Encyclopedia Britannica up in your bedroom. <laughs> so I don't know how you, ten-year-old Kevin McAllister, knows how to even work a blowtorch. And yeah, doesn't and later doesn't he blowtorch Joe Pesci's hair off? Head. head. He blowtorches his, his head off. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's wearing like a winter hat, and he just blowtorches his head off. It that's just keeps violence. escalating. Yeah, that's yeah. violence. He he beats up Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern so often. Meanwhile, yeah. Buzz just doesn't ever catch like a licking from Kevin McAllister. His big bully cousin, I believe, yeah. his cousin, maybe his big brother. No, I think it's is his cousin. So, his cousin is such a bully to him, and he gets off scot free. Meanwhile, these guys have their stepping on nails, paint cans to the head, yeah. blowtorch heads, yes. hands melting, bricks yes. everywhere. It's just yes. a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, it is a nightmare. And it's like, uh, yeah, exactly. And I just love, and again, like we're living in this fantasy world. At no point in the movie does Kevin consider going to his, let's say, next door neighbor or mm. anyone in the neighborhood. He does. Like, well, I think he doesn't go to the neighbor because it's the creepy neighbor. Correct? Uh, the, oh, that's right. With the shovel. That's right. Yeah. There's like the yeah. old, that's right. The old man with the shovel, of course. Obviously. Yeah. Yes. The, what, that's one of the central Home Alone one and two devices is that oh, we yeah. establish uh, a mysterious older person who Kevin fears and that mysterious older person will ultimately come around to save the day. Do you remember who that is in Home Alone 2? The woman who feeds the pigeons. The The pigeon lady. Yeah. (laughs) The pigeon lady. The pigeon Mm -hmm. lady. That's right. Adam, look back on that character when you have a minute and tell me that's not Piers Morgan. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Do you know, is his name Piers Morgan? The British, the annoying British like talk show host guy? Yes, Adam. He looks so much like the pigeon lady. (laughs) I don't know where to begin. (laughs) What? The pigeon lady from Home Alone 2 is Piers Morgan, British host? Yes, Adam. I'm not saying that it's the exact person, but I'm also not saying it's not. I don't have confirmation as to whether the pigeon lady in 
HA2 <laughs> is the, the extremely problematic. I yes. muted him on Twitter. Uh, Piers more. He's a bad guy. Yeah. Bad guy. One of the many. The British Hannity. Yes. Well, it would make sense because Donald Trump is also in Home Alone 2. Yes. (laughs) He was. He was in Home Alone 2. And I believe that when uh, in the theaters, he made it. But when it was uh, cut for television, when you cut it for television, you have to chop out like 15, 20 minutes of the movie to make room for ads. Yeah. They cut out his scene. Yep. And the right wing made a big stir saying that Home Alone 2 cut out our God uh, for political reasons. Hilarious. And then every yeah, network had to be like, well, no. It's more for time. More just more for, for time. time. Yeah. More for time. God, that's yeah. so funny. Home Alone yeah. 2, I just want to say, was one of my, I believe, was it Sega Genesis? Or it might have been Game Gear, Bill. I had a Game Gear when I you was. You did? Yes. My That's man. the coolest thing I've probably ever heard about you. It may be the coolest thing about me. My brother had a Game Boy. I had a Game Gear, the Sega Genesis Damn. version of the Game Boy. And yeah. one of my go-to games for the Game Gear was Home Alone 2. The, oh. vi- the video game was sick, trying to escape the pl- – it was all obviously in and around the Plaza Hotel. Uh, and it was just phenomenal. So, What are you all- doing in that game? What is the what is the goal of that game? To, get, to reunite with your parents? I think that is the ultimate goal. The only part I really recall – with any sort of veracity and and accuracy it's just the it's just like uh, running away from tim curry in the hotel it's just like <laughs> trying to evade trying to evade the concierge uh at the good hotel. for tim curry good oh for tim God. curry for making it to a video game yeah really I think when tim curry was like in theater school he never thought i'm going to be a video game character one. yeah really good for curry also considering he's like one of the if i maybe i don't think i'm mistaken here but tim curry's like i think renowned like classically trained like british thespian actor who's mm. amazing and his two most iconic roles at least to me are little shop of horrors and home alone <laughs> <laughs> we don't need the important stuff give us the funny stuff give us Fall the sillies give Be us scared the of a big plant yeah. yes we want a big talking plant <laughs> exactly um, oh, i'm Adam, sorry not little shop of horrors i'm so sorry rocky horror picture show sorry i got those confused. okay rocky still horror there's yeah, still. men in yeah. dresses. We love it. We still we love, love it. it. We do love it. Yeah. Um, I would like to talk about in the third act a few things. One, what the hell the Sticky Bandits and Wet Bandits actually wanted? It didn't yeah. seem like there was a prized possession in the McAllister house. They just right. kind of wanted to break in. Yeah. Not exactly sure what they were going for. Don't Good know if point. they needed Catherine O'Hara's jewels per se. <laughs> Good point. Um, so let's discuss that a little bit. And I also, right. and you also want to discuss a oh, birthday yeah. gift Big that time. I received. Biggie um, time. Yeah. But before we do that, Adam, I say we go into our second act break and there's great. only one song we can play this episode. We both know what it is. Great. I suppose that's true. Um, Snakes, you're everyone's favorite hip hop duo. And by that, I mean everyone. Everyone's Everyone. favorite hip hop duo. Uh, we made a song that I'm certain we've played on this podcast multiple times. We Forgot Kevin. It is all about Home Alone and the Home Alone universe. Who is it? It's me, Snakes. I got the stuff. Leave it on the doorstep and get the hell out of here. All right, Johnny. But what about my money? We forgot Kevin. I hate Kevin, despite what he went through. The Sticky Bandits 
outlandish. Burn their heads with torches. Now Pesci's got a bandage. Forget Kevin, no problem. Do it on the regular. Why am I even watching them? What's the point in stopping them? Fine without his pops in them. Toy guns popping them. Daniel Sterney's dropping them. But that's Kevin. Bad behavior. Blame it on his mom. Blame it on his creepy neighbor. You can blame it on the game. You can blame it on the player. You can blame it on me. You can blame it on me. We forgot Kevin. See about a sofa. I hit up the Chi-Chi's for a taco and a soda. Then I just left. No Kev, like I told ya. Got a call from the mall. They found him in a ladies' room, sleeping in a store. I'm fully responsible, guilty for it all. So I headed to the mall, went straight for the soda. Half on my back, let me carry us. Not always good to be so damn curious. We all think you're so hilarious. Look, Kevin, we all got bad habits. I do this weird thing where I crumple up my napkins. But you're a little kid and you should stay around your parents. Especially for a family vacation to Paris. We forgot Kevin. We forgot Kevin. Welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. That was your hosts, Billy and Adam, a.k.a. Snakes, with their song. Their song? We forgot, Kevin. <laughs> every time. Every time we play a Snake song, I love how you refer to us as someone who isn't us. As though we're just, we just happen to have found their music on Spotify and have no yeah. intimate relationship to it. Like, we, for example, we made it. Yeah. Can't get enough. <laughs> just simply can't get enough. If you'd like to get, uh, get a little bit more of Snakes, it's Snakes Music. Dot bandcamp.com it's all free but you can also throw us a couple bucks if you're interested in doing that adam speaking of throwing us a couple bucks yeah, people Bill. threw an nba basketball player a yeah. couple of bucks yeah, to talk to me on my birthday adam yes. which basketball player was that uh it was dikembe mutombo another that we're talking about home alone as one 1990s icon dikembe mutombo another major 1990s icon um your uh incredibly thoughtful so sweet wife marina organized behind your back bill uh something of an epic cameo parade uh for your for your birthday gift and the crown maybe the crown jewel of said cameo parade was nba all-star dikembe matumbo who wished you a happy birthday dikembe <laughs> matumbo he shot the cameo low to high so he looked even bigger <laughs> he did, he did. He did of all the nba basketball players there was the most levels of comedy with that one <laughs> Absolutely. With Dikembe. Blew my mind. So Marina yes. had organized a cameo parade, like you said, where yes. 
she she got a couple cameos, and then since all of our friends are such talented character actors and just yes. fun-loving people, <laughs> yes. you were Adam Silver, Maggie yes. was the Queen of England, That's right. um, everyone made their own cameos in character and yes. wishing me a happy birthday. And I was like, oh, okay, I get the gag, I see what everyone's doing here, this is fun. And then all of a sudden, Joey Fatone <laughs> of Sync fame, and my dad's second cousin, Dan Levy... Of Schitt's Creek fame, Legend. who didn't even do a cameo, literally got a text from our friend Rachel Bloom saying, hey, will you make my friend a video? And legends. Said, yes. Legends awesome. all around. Yes, legends everywhere. <laughs> and then, like you said, the crown jewel, the final person in an 18-minute video was, hello, Bill. <laughs> Amazing. Hello, Bill. It was the Cambay Matumbo. And he wagged his finger at me, and Adam, it was like, uh, you know, your eyes see it, but your brains can't process it type of thing I, I do want to know what your emotional experience was could would you mind walking me through in as much detail as you feel comfortable the actual sort of unveil your experience of that of the of the cameo experience of the matumbo specifically well just of the whole thing marina was like hey bill sit down happy birthday here's something here's a video i mean how, yes. how did it yeah so we've all i feel like that's kind of one thing and it's not just the um pandemic of it all though that definitely colors the experience yeah. um it's just like the, hey, I'm going to edit together a bunch of your friends wishing you a happy birthday. That started to become a thing now. It's right. been becoming a thing for like the yeah. past couple of years. True. And so Marina was like, uh, hey, sit down. And so I knew that there was going to be some sort of funny videos <laughs> yeah. along the way. <laughs> yeah. And it started the first person, and it was 18 minutes long, which is long. <laughs> significant. It's, it's a significant amount of time <laughs> yeah. for uh, what those videos usually are. They're usually like five minutes and five of your friends. Right. So I was like, 18 minutes. Okay. okay. Clayton was the first person on the video, and he oh, is God. a crazy person. Yeah, he's a he maniac. He's a crazy person, a and maniac. he was doing crazy things, and yeah. I was laughing hard yes. at Clayton. Yes. And then the next person was another friend, and the next person was another friend, yes. and I was starting to get what You're was like, happening. Oh, I was cool. like, oh, cameos. Everyone's like in character. Yeah, this is fun. fun. Okay. Yeah. This is like a fun, new, yeah. reinvented way of making these videos. Yeah, absolutely. Then this guy shows up, and I'm like, he looks familiar. I don't remember him. Did I work with him? Why would Marina include this stranger? Oh, my God, that's Joey Fatone. <laughs> Joey Fatone was chosen because the Fatone family are cousins with the Scafuri family. Correct, Amundo. He didn't seem to know that. He played along. <laughs> he played along, but he didn't seem to know that. Yeah. Um, he sang me happy birthday. I was like, well, that was really fun. A few more friends, a few more fake cameos. Suddenly, Dan Levy, uh, the creator and star of Schitt's Creek, is sitting at his computer. And now I'm like, hey, that's like, I'm just like a big fan of this guy. Like, this is, there's not even like a joke behind it. And then yeah. when I learned how and why he was in the video, because it was just a favor to a friend, once again, I was like, I am overwhelmed and I'm touched. That's pretty good. A few more good. funny friends, yeah. a few more funny friends. I'm laughing. I'm enjoying all this. Yes. Matumbo shows up. <laughs> Matumbo. I mean, the hardest right turn that you could imagine. The Kembe. The Kembe. Yeah. And he says, hello, Bill. <laughs> Those are the first two words in that Matumbo gravel. Yeah. In that Matumbo gravel. He says, hello, Bill. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God. It's, I literally looked at Marina, who's not a big basketball fan. No. And I was like, it's Matumbo. <laughs> Matumbo was talking to me, and he's like, I heard that you won two sports Emmys. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yes, I did. So I Matumbo. did to Kembe. And he pivoted, and he said, but I ask you, 
is that enough? No, no, no. And then he starts wagging his finger at me. Bill. Starts wagging his finger at me. I said, no, 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 that is not enough. You need to go harder. You need to go further. And then he just starts saying, and I'm not sure why, not in my house. Not today. <laughs> and that's where I'm like, he's off the rails. Mutombo is off the rails. God. It was, um, Barina did sort of covertly send uh, me a video, just a brief clip of you watching it. Of you, mm-hmm. just the moment of you watching it. And at one point you said, why? Why is Dikembe? Yes. Why? Yes. Why? That's, a, why that's is, exactly how it felt. Why and is then, Dikembe? Yeah. And when it was over, I looked at Marina and I kept saying, why, why, why Dikembe? <laughs> and she said that she had put together like a super team of a few friends. Yes. And she was like, who is the funniest? Who is the most appropriate? What's like the silliest, weirdest yes. version of yes. an NBA player? And it seemed like, and I would have been, I would have put my vote immediately towards Dikembe. Yes. But um, it seemed like you guys all voted for Dikembe it was, and Dikembe pulled through. It, it was incredible. It was really incredible. I frankly didn't even know that he was on Cameo, uh, but it was, uh, and you're right. It's just like, it, that is not in any way like a rude, Billy is not in any way doing like a rude impression of Dikembe's voice. If anything, Dikembe's, I mean, Dikembe's voice is so unique and so, so preternaturally deep and gravelly it's -hmm. like almost impossible to impersonate or replicate it is Mm -hmm. so it's iconic it's it is iconic iconic. it is iconic and if you'd like to see the video you can go to my instagram page i posted the video amazing Um, go to billy scafuri on instagram and you can see dikembe Dikembe. dan levy and fatone (laughs) all wishing me a happy b-day a truly (laughs) spectacular and surprising series of videos that i'm still wrapping my mind around right yes now. well happy birthday forever bill um from your from your dearest friends me mm-hmm. from marina mm-hmm. from dick mm-hmm. from two, multiple time nba all-star to kebe batumbo from mm-hmm. 1990s heartthrob joy fatone from dan levy the whole gang all your close friends we wish you the happiest of birthdays <laughs> Uh, it's. I appreciate it. I felt it on my birthday. I'm Thank so you happy. very much. I'm so and to happy. everyone on Discord who also wished me a happy birthday, I saw it. I appreciate Aww, it. Thank you, guys. That's so, so sweet. Yeah. Yes. Um, back to Stern and Pesci, Pesci for a hot minute. Yeah. What did they what were, they, did they were So they were robbing houses on the block and in the neighborhood. I know that there was like a, a bit of like a reputation where, hey, there's been some robberies happening around here. They yeah. really wanted to hit the McAllister's house because they knew that they went out on vacation. That's right. So they thought that it was going to be an empty house. But there was never any sort of specific want. They just like even when they were in the house, do you remember right? them like collecting silverware or expensive goods? I don't. Not really. Like, and now that you say that, great, great point. I, I don't. I don't exactly know what their particular mo was. Maybe for like petty larceny, there isn't really an mo. Like, if you're like a cat burglar on that level of just like breaking into suburban houses, maybe it really just is about like, and we'll just try to find the jewelry box and grab what we can. And mm-hmm. like that, just maybe it's not any more kind of premeditated than that, or but or yes. maybe yes. it's a maybe it's a straight up Grinch style steal the gifts from beneath thine trees sort mm. of thing, where mm. it's like it's Christmas. Maybe they maybe the bandits have families of their own, and they're like, mm. well, we don't want to buy our kids gifts; we want to steal rich families' gifts and give them to our kids. I don't know. I'm just oh, I'm just the Robin Hood bandits. I see. Yeah, exactly. Make them sympathetic characters. Maybe okay. maybe look, I'm not taking their side by any means but i'm just saying like i'm just sort of thinking out loud brainstorming what yeah because it's a good point what did they what what were they after i think if i'm a guessing man neither one of us have seen the movie recently it sounds but part of me thinks that what they really wanted towards the second half of the movie was just revenge oh well that is for sure 
Yes. This kid shot us in the groins with BB guns. He's burned our hands. Yes. He's seared our heads. We yeah. slipped on micro machines. Paint cans have hit us in the schnoz. Yeah. Now I just want to strangle this little bastard. No I doubt think about that it. Might be mostly what's going on here. No doubt, no doubt. I think that very quickly, once that first, yeah, exactly. Once they get their the sort of all the skin cells of their palms seared off by the mm-hmm. flaming doorknob, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think that their motivation changes from larceny to to child murder. They probably want to right. kill that kid. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I think you lose the sympathetic angle once they start going after the child murder. That's though. right. Like even I, if they are the Robin Hood bandits, I think that once they want to kill Kevin. But I mean, listen, Kevin's kind of a little bastard. I mean, yeah. Kevin also took pleasure in torture, you know? I, 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 we have to look on both sides. I think we kind of explore it in the song a little bit, that, like, Kevin's not a good guy either. Exactly. And look, I know that we've done – I forgot what episode it was. We did – a few episodes ago, we did an episode where we were, like, rebranding. We were, like, t- pitching each other – television shows like rebranded cartoons maybe or something Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. i would be very gritty gritty reboots reboots, yes i would be very interested in a sort of maybe even a wet bandit sticky bandits prequel spinoff to know sort of Mm. how they arrived uh to uh you know cat burglaring suburban illinois houses and how we got Mm -hmm. there because Mm -hmm. uh, i wouldn't be surprised if there is a maybe some heart or at least a little bit of sympathy to be mined from these two characters who we only know Mm -hmm. as child murdering monsters but they might be Mm. they might be okay i'd like to do an episode down the road of prequels how we got here that's a good idea yeah that's good i I like before we were sticky before before we were were wet how did they become sticky? Why were they wet? How'd they get so wet and sticky? Yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. – yeah, no, totally. Absolutely. No, I think it's worth exploring because we don't know what they were after. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, Adam, Home Alone, just a great movie overall. The it best. has the rocking around, the Christmas tree, real Christmas vibes. Yeah. Um, I also want to say one of the best oh, – oh, the best. She's she's literally and clearly the, the best comedic actress of all time and like an amazing score. Da, 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 da. Mm. One of the one of the ultimate Christmas movie scores ever. Period. Ever. Just like mm. some of the ultimate ultimate movie score riffs in that in that movie. Just the best. Yeah. Well done. Good reminder. Yeah. Um, it's the holiday season, Adam. Yeah. That was the no joke. Uh, Home Alone. Yeah. Episode. Nice. I uh, I'd like to really do that prequels idea because it is kind of fun to consider. Yeah. Come on. How did we get we here? here? How did we get so Before. sticky? Yeah. Before they were sticky. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, all right, word. Well, that was the No Joke Home Alone episode. All and right. for it, I am Billy Secure. I'm Adam Lustig. And like always, we will talk to you next week. Thank you so much. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>